Welcome to Style Section, the Wise Guy Podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we are here for the end of Season 2, the final episode, La Lacrima de Amore Part 2, and The Tears of Love Part 2, and then just a look back at the whole season. So where we left last time, uh, they... <laughs> Mother Terranova, Carlotta Terranova, had decided to cut her year-long honeymoon with Rudy in Italy and Europe short and rush back because she thinks Vinny's getting married. Uh, of course, Vinny has not in any way anticipated that or thinking about that at all. But as she says, a mother knows. <laughs> you know, her mother jumps the gun. Oh, yeah, I know, but... I'm talking about her words, not not reality. Yeah, I know. Oh, uh, it's still a good geez. scene. It's still a couple of good scenes in here. Oh, yeah. all right. This really is like the most you'll, other than um, Area for Donaiupo, this is the episode with the most Carlotta in it, and she is great. She is delightful in this. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get right to it. She and Rudy get picked up at the airport by Pucci, because, you know, that's Pucci's job. He's been just this guy's driver for 30 years at this point, uh, which is, you know, yeah, nice work if you can get it, right? Yep. Uh, and so they go, uh, they call Vinny, they tell him they're on their way, and they want to meet this woman. And uh, and then, of course, what I love is the moment she gets to uh, Tito's house, right? The moment she gets to Tito's house, she starts complaining. <laughs> Literally the I guess we can make it work. Damn it. Uh, but it turns out that uh, Vinny and Pucci have made sure that all of her belongings are, are already set up in the house, so it'll feel like home. So that's a nice touch. And then we get a nice little subtle thing of uh, of Don Ayupo just saying to Pucci, uh, find out what the kid's been up to. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, because he's he's got to know. You know, he knows his son-in-law is in the mob, so he's got to find out what he's been going uh, up to. And we see Don Ayupo's, um greenhouse in the backyard, where he hides his grappa. And so what exactly is grappa? So I, know it's a, I know it's a liquor, but what kind of liquor is it? You, you want me to be honestly tell you what kind of liquor grappa is? It's what? like ouzo in, in Greek. Ah, Greece. Okay. So it's the hard now, stuff. Yeah, it's the really hard stuff. Okay. Well, no, it's just I'm familiar with it. Or absinthe. Or abs. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so, yeah, that kind him, of a. Uh, him hiding it out in the backyard actually makes a ton of sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, the minute they found out and they rushed you know? to get the. Uh, and notably, they rushed to get the greenhouse complete before he got home because they announced they were coming home, but it still took them like a week to get home. So it's it's kind of nice. Uh, so Vinny spends the rest of the day hanging out with his mother and, uh, hanging out with his the mother Don. and stepfather and the Don, as you say, and then he goes home where Amber, and this is backing up that the last episode montage is like three months. Amber already yeah. has keys to his place and she doesn't even know he's a cop. So, <laughs> yep. It's kind of like you know, they've been dating a while. Obviously, he goes back, spends the night with Amber, and then the next day, uh, 
His she mother who has been complaining. His mother has been complaining that he's not eating properly. Oh, so she comes by. And again, great setup. It is like the minute she sees him, she says to Rudy, he looks terrible. I shouldn't have left. Because <laughs> he hasn't been eating enough, obviously. Because <laughs> he's lost Jeez. a couple of pounds <laughs> since the since she left. So she's like, I'm going to show up and make some breakfast for my son. Except Amber spent the night, so she's walking around in a towel, and that's how uh, Carlotta finds out that he's dating an older woman. Oof. And so she goes from, like, ex extremely happy to just passive-aggressive furious in a moment. Which is pretty wonderful, honestly. She plays all of this stuff so brilliantly. Oh, like, it's so accurate her walking around seeing clothes lying around oh this this son of mine being so so sloppy living on his own what he needs is a good woman around to take care of him is obviously what she's thinking yes oh god and she does not like uh she you know as wrong as off on the wrong foot as any two people can possibly get <laughs> And I especially love the idea that uh, one thing she's mad about is that uh, Amber doesn't know he's a cop. Meaning that not only this is an older woman, not only is this wo a woman who's got her own job, right? <laughs> but and is that she's... enough? Uh, but she thinks he's a hood and she's still willing to marry him? Yes. Oof. Don't That's forget, a... she's a widow to boot. Oh, right, yes. How is she just getting married now when she's so old? He's a widow. And what is her response? Did she work him to death? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Carlotta, you're so wonderful. <laughs> she really oh. is. So mean and so wonderful. And that's why we love her. <laughs> oh, yeah. But hey, uh, the one good thing, she is Catholic. Mm -hmm. She is Catholic. She's not Italian, but she is Catholic. Yes. So at least she's got that going for her. <laughs> but yeah, oh God, it's like... Hey, she could have been divorced. She could have like, had kids. You know, there's true. a whole stack of things. Yeah. Oh my God. And then we have a great scene with her and Rudy. And she's just complaining and complaining. And Rudy is trying to try to be, you know, peacemaker. Trying to be like, you know yeah. what? It's, it's, it's love. What are you supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> People don't get to choose who they love. Look at the two of us. And yes. Rudy's very reasonable about the whole thing. And it's it's a very sweet scene because they're supposed to go out to dinner. They're all supposed to go out to dinner together and have a nice celebration that they're back in the, the country and that, you know, Vinny's probably going to get engaged soon. So they <laughs> want it to be nice. And of course it isn't nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. Carlotta does not do nice but before that poochie does report <laughs> poochie does report to the don as to what vinnie's been up to which is he was in the rag trade for five minutes and then he uh made a couple of big deals added in his record company but he sold out to his partner but poochie and this is key obviously is able to get a lot of information quickly and that's going to be important later like people like po poochie people talk to poochie so it's you know he's a good guy to have around <laughs> And, yes. No, but the dinner scene is very funny. And then, well, yes. <laughs> like, 
the dinner scene is funny then yeah. when the don decides he's got to talk to Vinny. oh my god okay that is that is maybe that's the single the funniest line in the entire like the, or at least exchange in the entire series where he goes to there he goes to amber's apartment and Vinny's there and uh, poochie gives her a a ride to her meeting so they have a chance to talk and he sees a picture of amber <laughs> oh my god amber and isaac that's her ex-husband yeah uh does uh does your mother know about this no are there any kids no well then your mother doesn't need to know about <laughs> A Schwarzer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and the thing is, you get this wonderful moment where Vinny, like, who is again a very cosmopolitan person, he like he's in the FBI, works for the government, works with all kinds of people. Like he's not casually, instinctively prejudiced the way people are. That said, we know he's got that stuff in him because we did the white supremacy arc, but it's not he doesn't have the whole you know, people shouldn't mix with other races thing. He just fundamentally doesn't have that. And he's got that moment of, I can't believe, you know, my mother is just, would be that offended by it, but he knows it's true. Yes. And then Rudy gets the wonderful line that it's like, we're from a different time, you know, back when, uh, back when we were young, people stayed with their own kind. And who's to say what's right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And and then, then he advises Vinny yeah. that he's really got to do something about this hopping around from job to job. job. To job. If he's going to get married, he has to settle down. Yeah, he has to settle down. And it's like, you failed in these businesses. Like, I didn't fail. Well, do you have anything to show for it? You got any money lying around? Do you have <laughs> money coming in? No. Well, then you're not earning. Well, then you're not a responsible partner. And it's as simple as that. <laughs> It's like, ah, uh, and then we get the most important scene in the episode for the narrative, not for the characters, obviously. Mm -hmm. But before we get there, we do get a wonderful scene of Vinny's fantasies of what's going to happen if he actually tells Amber. And I mean, fantasy scenes are not something this show normally does, but they want to put you right inside his head, you know? And so it's like, would, would she feel betrayed? Would she not be able to trust him ever again? And it's like, and he realizes... I can't do this yet. It's, you know, I'm not ready to do this, yeah. <laughs> which is, uh, it's, it's a good scene too. So they, they go to the social club and they want to meet and, uh, Rudy wants to take him to meet the commission. Yeah. Uh, and and they're having a funeral. Oh, they're having, well, awake, an Italian awake. awake. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and Albert is singing and this is where we first meet Albert Sirico who is Robert Davi's character. If you don't know off the top of your head the name Robert Davi, he was one of the two FBI agents in, uh, what do you call it? Um, Die Hard, obviously. He's been in a hundred movies. He's a very famous actor. Um, well, remember, we, might, this, we might wind up covering series. a bit of his work on the show Profiler at some point. Yes. I think <laughs> that's where... he's the where... lead guy in Profiler, where a lot of people know him from. Yeah. 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 So he was he was the oh. Mandy Patinkin slash Joe slash Aaron Hotchner character. So it was like he was the boss and then they had the profiler who was the lady. And honestly, if we remember correctly, it was a show that is surprisingly similar to Unsub, but, you know, not as smart and difficult to deal, <laughs> difficult to accept. But there's a non-zero chance we're going to take a look at Profiler in the future, because we cover, you know, we cover fiction about profiling. Except that we might be, 
Well, I think we'll have to be desperate. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> we'll have to have run out all of the other stuff about profiling. That said, it was, like a, that we it was a prominent to. show about profiling, like that ran for years and years and went off the air like five years before Criminal Minds. So in the same way that we talked about how Unsub led to Criminal Minds, we may have to address how Profiler led to Criminal Minds to <sighs> one degree or another. I'm not saying we're doing it right away. I'm not oh, saying we're excited about it, but there's a non-zero <laughs> this is, chance this is going to happen okay. at some point in the future. You know, I think, be, well, I could never, ever get into Profiler. No, I That know. was the problem. It's I could never really connect in. I liked, like, because I would try periodically and I knew lots of people well, who I were watching it. I watched more than it. you did because it was right, oh, yeah. it was on right next to the... It was on right next to The Pretender, and you would watch The Pretender with me, but you wouldn't watch Profiler. Well, it was just I had other things to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. But we never missed The Pretender. That was a good show. Yeah. Uh, Pretender's a really good show. Uh, but yeah, no, Profiler is is more optional. Yeah, so uh, we get some of Albert singing, and I'm like, is that Robert Davi actually? Because he's excellent if it is. It is. It is. Okay. He is an excellent singer. He's fantastic. Yes. Right, we get past all of the uh, the goons who are there on the outside. We hear Albert singing, and then we meet the cast. And you're like, "Oh my God!" They come when you watch this scene, knowing what's coming next. Right? Yeah. You realize that they had fully planned out the whole like first arc of season three. Mm-hmm. It's all in there, right? Like everything, the power relationships, all the important characters. I mean. Uh, Michael Chiklis and um, and the wife and uh, Ziffo's daughter, yeah. like Grosset's wife, aren't in it, but everybody else is in it, and including Joey Ziffo, who you know that's going to be important next time. Well, uh, so, and yeah. and what's it, yeah, and what's interesting, you see some of the characters from some of the previous arcs. Yeah, we've got like, like the, the mob guys trait. in the background. Yeah, yeah, we've got the mob guys yeah. who were mentioned or seen a bit in the background showing up. Yeah, I know it's it's a nice. Well, touch. the guys from the guys from Nell Prophet. Yeah, who wanted to go into heroin are there? The two yeah. brothers. No, one of them is. Oh, one of them is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you're seeing people from previous arcs, right? You're mm-hmm. seeing, you're seeing previous, and you're like building out the world of the mob and the commission. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like all these people with their connections, and the important part is. We get a conversation between them. And by the way, they intercut this. And I like the intercutting this idea of like the systems of tradition and power that you have to kiss up to to be able to function. So at the same time that Vinny is meeting with the mob, Amber is meeting with the mom. Yeah. <laughs> they intercut the two scenes. <laughs> I know. Because it's like, yeah. And they go to church for the conversation about how much he as she loves Vinny. So it's like, it's a nice touch that they're equating directly, like him going to see the mob with her going to the church to prove that she's a godly woman to uh, Carlotta. Yes. It's really nice. Like, it's a really good choice, uh, again, from a writing standpoint. And we find out that... Uh, uh, somebody got killed this morning, gunned down inside his uh, inside his Cadillac, right? And they're all there to talk about it and wonder who did it. Somebody says he was working with the uh, uh, he was working with the Chinese and they did it to uh, like it must have been a, a scandal there. Albert says he wasn't working with the Chinese, so we don't know who did what. 
We don't know exactly what happened, but somebody's died and everybody's kind of freaked out about it. And this is the key moment where, uh, <laughs> where Don Ayupo, uh, Rudy gets to make his speech, which is, he's like my son. He's probably going to be getting married soon. And although he's not my son by blood, he is my son. And I'd like to invite you all to the wedding when it happens, but I want to make it absolutely clear just because I'm back in America and, and my son is getting married, that doesn't mean he's taking over. That doesn't mean I'm back in the business. However. However, <laughs> if the crisis that has caused a guy to get gunned down in his Cadillac in the middle of the day gets any worse, I will come back to the business. And that's not going to be good for any of you. Because as we saw with, you know, the the two guys who wanted to get into Mel Profit's cocaine dealing. Mm hmm. He still has respect. Everybody still respects the Don. Everybody goes to kiss the ring and everybody listens to him. So if he started to rally people to put himself back at the head of the table, he would have people who were listened to him and be ready to do it. And this, of course, leads to a wonderful scene where the minute he and Vinny walk outside, Vinny gets arrested. <laughs> because and by the way, I love that, like, <laughs> that it really is the best way to be able to just go and meet Frank is they can just arrest him whenever they want. Because yeah. <laughs> mob guys are always getting pulled, picked up over nonsense. Who's it? Who's going to find it suspicious that a mobbed up, a famously mobbed up guy is getting arrested? Although, uh, once again, we feel sorry for the people who don't get to see the music industry arc because he's arrested for his part in selling cleans overseas. Yes, as I said, it has to be it has to be so bizarre watching yeah. this if you don't see the if like when you have missed the music arc. Yeah. Like, because there are there are things that never No. So we have to say thank you to Canal 456 four, five, whatever. 4587. Eight seven. Four okay. five eight seven. And get one more time. Canal fan. People can go back and watch those episodes if they've missed them. Yeah. YouTube, yeah. Canal Fan 4587, the whole arc is there, and it's fantastic. And and Frank is very excited, because he's like, you're in the commission. This is amazing. <laughs> like, We've never we, gotten this close before. When we never expected to, and the key part is, they never expected to get this close. They would get people in, but they never thought they would have a seat on the commission by someone in the FBI? That's madness that that could happen. And this is the best possible thing. But Vinny says there's no way on earth he's doing it. Can't do this to Don Ayupo. Can't do this to my mother. And I can't do this to myself. Yeah. And he says, under no circumstances will I join uh, like, uh, no, uh, I'm not, I'm not joining the commission. I'm not getting this deep into the mob and I'm not helping and that's the key part. You pointed it out. I'm not helping Don Ayupo break his promises to my mother. And I'm like, yes. oh, Vinny, you're so wonderful. <laughs> He's such a good son. He really is. Oh, he he really does. Well, he at least tries to be a good son. <laughs> but I, I think he's a good son. I think I can say that safely. And so Frank agrees, okay, but it's like, if we pick up anything, if we hear anything, you got to move it along, essentially, but I'm not going to push you to try and get a seat at the table, right? 
And then we get a couple of days later, we're not told, uh, we're not told, I guess it's the next Sunday, we get Carlotta in church again, right? Except this time Vinny goes to see her, uh, back in his casual clothes, which I always make fun of, because it's a jean jacket and jeans. I just love that it's like Vinny, uh, Vinny business, uh, business or uh, a formal occasion, jeans and a leather jacket. Vinny just hanging out, jeans and a jean jacket. <laughs> Throwback time all the time. I know, right? Oh, it's so the 80s when you watch it sometimes. But he makes he makes <laughs> his he didn't have a mullet. Come on. Yeah, I know. Uh, he makes his imp- impassioned plea, you know, to take his love for Amber seriously. And once again, he hits the important parts of the the situation which is like they didn't plan for this they didn't see it coming but love is love you know and it's as simple as that and he manages to convince her and he gets her wedding ring in case he decides to propose so it's it's a very sweet scene and then we get the festival of saint michael or saint anthony or whatever street festival they're at oh is it saint anthony maybe maybe it's saint anthony and uh, at the festival is, and this is key, because when the festival starts, we start with Albert watching yes. the kids, uh, kissing his son. Albert is our way into the scene and he sees Vinny there and his face changes and he's like, oh, OK, this is serious. So he walks over to Vinny to invite him to uh, sit with his family and, you know, bring him more into the situation. Of course, Vinny's like, I'm waiting for Amber. Thank you. But no, thank you. And it's this conversation that is, like, absolutely key to the next four episodes. But you wouldn't know it from watching this scene. <laughs> no, like, you would never know it. <sighs> but like, <laughs> again, there are shows today that don't plan stuff out as well as Wise Guy did. <laughs> oh, yeah, You'd I know. never know how vital this scene is based on the last two scenes. But yeah, it's, it's vital. The face he makes when he sees Vinny and that he sends over, you know... He wants to send over Vinny some wine. And when Vinny's lady arrives, Albert sends over an accordion player yeah. to serenade them. <laughs> and does send over champagne. And he does think, send over Vinny, champagne. Yeah. yeah. And sends over. Uh, yeah. And Vinny, and this just shows yeah. his relationship with Don Ayupo yeah. changed everything in terms of his undercover work. Yeah, it does. Because it's like... It's fascinating, right? Because this is his way in. And so now when the past was like, who is this guy? You know, who who is this guy that is suddenly at Sonny's right hand? Now that his mother's married to Don Ayupo, everybody defers to him. Like yep. Albert's the boss of his own family, right? But yeah. he's one of the five families in the commission, or I guess in this version of the commission, there's like yeah, well, this eight, is what, this eight is nine your- guys. Yeah, there's yeah. a reconstitution after the destruction yeah, that exactly. occurred with the steel steel grave mess, yeah. which we've yeah, already New York got. Well, we through. talked about that yeah. before. Yeah, New York got torn apart, Philadelphia got torn apart, and now they're all being, as you say, reconstituted. People are moving up. People are making moves, and that's and Albert's one of the new guys, right? Mm-hmm. But he is just more respectful of the old ways, is what we're told. And uh, Grosset, not so much. And Joey Ziffo is Grosset's father-in-law. And what really interests me about this is, like, you watch it and you're like, oh my god, this is how much. But 
Uh, this is how much he's respected now just because of his family connections. But of course, we're going to find out more about Albert and Don Ayupo going forward. Yeah. Right. We're going to find out more about that going forward. And it's it's pretty fantastic. But the and this scene makes more sense and how he looks and how Albert reacts actually makes more sense once you've seen what's going on next year. And again, like they did, I don't know if they knew they were getting a third season when they wrote this, but they certainly had the whole third season planned. Yeah. And that impresses me. So Vinny finally does it. He talks to Amber. He admits that he's a cop uh, and she is, she takes it as well as possible. Well, no, it was pretty funny. I mean, yeah. it was the whole thing. It's like the, oh, oh, here it comes as he wants to talk to her, right? Here yeah, it comes. Like, He's going to uh, dump me. He's going to dump me. Yeah, yeah. Here's the kiss off. But no, you know. he's trying to I, I know they do, they do do things quite well. <laughs> it's a very funny scene. Yeah, it's a very yes, well-written scene. because he can never scene. even ask. He can't even say, I want to marry you. Yeah. Well, are you asking me to marry me? Well, yeah, I think maybe. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, well, then I would love to think about it. <laughs> oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> I mean, they do such a, a really good job. Like the actors make it real. The writing makes yeah. it real. So, you know, you just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you buy it. You buy it 100 percent. Like, you buy this relationship. So then Rudy goes out to get the grappa. And while Rudy's in the greenhouse grabbing the grappa, somebody fires a machine gun into the greenhouse, horrifically injuring him. Vinny chases the guys. Two of them get into the car and start trying to drive away. He grabs the third one. So one of the guys in the car shoots the third guy so they can get away. And then they speed off. And that's the end of the season. <laughs> Yep. Imagine having to wait four months to watch the next episode that time, right? Yeah, it's the only cliffhanger they cliff ever hanger, do. Oh. Yeah, the only, and it's oh, it's one a fact. hell of a yeah, it's one hell of a cliffhanger because you've got all of these people. Yep. Oh, and my what God. is going to happen? Yep. Like who? Because we met all the players. We know everybody that's uh, we know everybody that's involved in the situation. All of the suspects are in play. A move has been made. Ayupo might be dead. Uh, we're not telling you what's happening next, but it's it's good. It yeah. is like this five episode arc with La La Crimente Amore, then the first four episode part two and then the first four episodes of the next season. It's a really strong arc. And I think you can say it's their last fully thought out, really well done arc in the show. Because again, we might love the other two arcs in season three for different reasons, but you can't say that they're extremely well thought out and planned arcs. Well, one of, one of the arcs... One of I them was made might... up as they went along. <laughs> well, what, I mean, yeah, because things got screwy. Yeah, and we'll talk about that when we get when there. When we get there, right? Well, but, no, you know, I mean, it wasn't... They might have... Actually, that one might have been better thought out than they... Uh, you yeah, know, it ended up that, working out really well. You're right. No, no, but yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is that circumstances intervened and yeah. screwed it up again. Yeah. So there so, are... You know? Yeah, it is fascinating. It happened to them twice. And the crazy yeah. part is... Both times, it led to a really fascinating arc. Yeah. 
And we t- already talked about why. We'll talk about that more in a second when we go to the uh, year in review. But yeah, like, this is such a strong arc, such strong characters, such an interesting plot. And I can't wait for people to watch it with us in two weeks. Because, of course, next week we're starting Vincenzo. Uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be good. This is, like, I love Date with an Angel. This is obviously a stronger season ender. You know? Oh, yeah, because this one sets up next season. I know. Date with There's an no Angel ended, sort yeah. of, you know? Yeah, no, it's a denouement. Whereas this, season, Dumont, whereas this, this one season doesn't was get like, one. <laughs> no. And maybe Weird. it doesn't yeah. get one. And maybe it doesn't get one because there was some question about whether they would get a third season. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So, so, so they, they had can't to do an afford. exciting. They can't afford to do a denouement. They're like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to do an exciting cliffhanger to uh, quote Robin Leach in uh, Sledgehammer. You know, it's like a. Uh, uh, death-defying cliffhanger to keep uh, audiences on their seat at the edge of their seat until next season, thus ensuring there sure, will, be will be a next season. Oh my god! Robin Leach's famous <laughs> words in the final episode of season one of Sledgehammer. Oh, Sledgehammer. <laughs> Just how? How did he get a second season? I, I, don't, I don't know if I talk a lo- enough about how amazing Alan Spencer is as a creative entity. The fact that he had the guts Weird. to do that. Yeah. Oh, my God. The fact that he had the guts to do that is incredible. <laughs> but then again, it's like when you've been writing from jo- for Johnny Carson from age 12, that's a true story about him. Yeah, I know. Like, he just found the address to send jokes to, and he just sent every day he sent them 25 jokes based on the newspaper and they started buying them yeah he would just open the newspaper he's uh, you know got 20 jokes all right these are going off to carson oh you you gotta you gotta respect that kind of hustle you really do yeah although the next show he did was a mess a giant uh, just mess. a mess i watched it but it was a giant mess oh Oh, it was a giant mess. But hey, Eric Roberts and um oh how am I blanking on his name? Uh Eddie Izzard. Mm-hmm. Who were both wonderful. Oh, uh, I weird show. It. Weird show though. You're absolutely yeah. right. All right, so here's the uh here is the as the kids say, the good stuff. Season two. I don't think it's as strong as season one, but I don't really think it's a notably a step down. Like, I think it is less good than season one, but at the same time, it's still fantastic. Well, the thing is, the two arcs that they did were really good. Which It's just they were shorter. I think that the white supremacy arc was, I they must have gotten pushback on that because they could have. They could have stretched that, that out. out for like to like six episodes, probably. They might have. They might have had more in the in the in. They might have wanted to do more, and it was scotched, and they had to rewrite. It wouldn't shock me if that was the no, case. because I think that it is. Um, There's some intense stuff in that first arc. Yeah, and yeah. it um, and it wouldn't it like. Whenever I think of what people would do with, well, none of it was going to be any better. Yeah. Like it, like there was, there is no, 
a mil there is no way to make that yeah none of these people have any redeeming qualities no you can never to use the problem. word you were searching for there is no amelioration available like there's no. nothing to soften it there no really nothing isn't. no yeah. you can't it, what are you going to do it is just so horrific i mean yeah. his brother gets killed Mm -hmm. you know i mean and he tries to help richie but that's such a small is such a drop in the bucket compared and to it doesn't really work on. because no richie still goes Richie's, to jail yeah yeah he can't he can't even talk richie out of this he yeah can't like it's it's in some ways screamingly unsuccessful the whole thing yeah is screamingly unsuccessful as we see when we we watch um What's his face, right? Um, yeah. Well, uh, you know, selling, selling, selling condos in Florida. Condos in Florida, right? Yeah. I mean, you have nothing. This is the most, probably of all of them, is it's the, the most cynical and the toughest and, well, and the what I love about most it is, depressing. Right? Of what all I, of I love most about it is, and it's it's when we talk about capitalism, which we've talked a lot this season. I mean, partially because we took a break to watch Squid Game. Uh, <laughs> but capitalism really is the villain of that arc because you've got it like it's a whole arc yeah. about how cops can't deal with social problems because it's like Richie is like, we need hope in this community. We need to feel like this community has a future. And the cop, like the government's not offering that. The cops aren't offering that. People will do anything to find some hope for themselves. And that's what Knox Pooley is selling people. I mean, he doesn't believe it. You know, it's just. He knows it's a crock. He knows it's a crock. He doesn't believe any of it. He thinks it's all nonsense. But at the same time, that's what he has to sell. And as, as we as he says in the last episode, doesn't matter. It's never the noun. It's always the verb. I sell. That's who I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's how you end up with a Donald Trump. Yep. <laughs> that's 100% Selling true. people lies. Well, well, we have to, we, we have to acknowledge that yeah. the Kennedys didn't come back. That's true. This week. I mean, you know, <laughs> now that doesn't. We're that recording this the week that 300 QAnon people turned up in Dallas <laughs> to <laughs> hope that. John Gaff Kennedy Jr. and maybe Sr. We're going to turn up to save America. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They were, he was going to come back as, yeah. as Donald Trump's vice president. President, I know. And I think my favorite part about that is, is <laughs> I, 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 it's just, I wish Saturday Night Live was able to do a sketch. And I know they can't do this, but it's like the perfect timing to do a sketch where um, Delia at... Uh, uh, where they're all waiting at Dealey Plaza and nobody shows up. And then you cut away to like a beach in Nantucket and like There's John Kennedy. Kennedy Jr. standing on the beach. Okay, I'm here. Thought there would be a press conference or something. <laughs> and then he like, I guess I'll just go on. Like, why would people think he's going to show up where his dad died? <laughs> it's like, you know nothing about resurrection mythology. He'll show up where he died. <laughs> oh god but i mean the thing is and it is creepy the way that um QAnon and the trump people have co-opted um well because it's a christian fascist 
organization. So they've co-opted the mythology of Christianity. And so for them, like there are antichrists everywhere, but also resurrection is key to the thing. And um, what do you call it? It goes back to the uh, weirdly to Bill Hicks, right? Where what do you think uh, Jesus is going to come back? Well, all of you are wearing crosses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and what he joked was because he was talking about the Kennedy assassination. And it's like, you know what? In X amount of years, people are going to be walking around wearing bullets around of their neck, waiting for Kennedy to come back and save them all. And spoiler alert, that ended up happening. It happened this week. <laughs> Just well, yes. And then there's going to be. And then, de then when Donald Trump dies, you know, there yeah. there will be. Oh yeah, no, they'll be like, oh, he is he is re he's just faked his death because he's going undercover to do like this eighty this frail obese eighty year old man is obviously our god king and he has uh <laughs> he has say like he is just going underground now. and he will return he will there will be a second coming of Donald Trump. You can just you're see right. it. It will you're turn into, right. it w you know. It's already a cult. It'll just turn into a more supernatural cult than it is right now. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll have more religious overtones than it yeah. does now. Well, just like the, I mean, to take it back to Wise Guy, just like the Pilgrims of Promise. Like, that's yeah. the thing. They hide all of their stuff, like all of their evil and all of their cruelty. They always hide it in a, you know, uh, a cloak of godliness. You know, oh, they I tell always, you, because that's the easiest way to control Americans. And it's yes. And that was the problem with I mean, Elvis, Elvis never became a religious cult, but a cult it is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, no, you have to I mean, stretch it. So they, it's a they fantastic at least. Arc. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the white supremacy, it is. You're right. It's their yeah. most cynical arc. It's their bleakest arc. Uh, their most cynical and bleakest arc would be the second arc from season three, except for the sudden Frank Capra ending it gets. <laughs> like, literally, it's a Frank yeah. Capra ending. I know, and it was a to, like, beautiful story. It's a beautiful ending, but it, it doesn't fit with reality or the tone of the story they've been telling so far. Well, you know, yeah, we'll discuss that when we get there. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, but yeah, it's a magnificent arc. And then we get the garment industry arc, which is the most emotionally powerful, like maybe the second most emotionally powerful arc in the entire show after Steelgrave. And the reason this one is so emotionally powerful is because it's a character in John Raglan, we're never going to see again. They are like, the show is free to just wreck him as a person. Yep. Like if Vinny went through what John Henry goes through in those five episodes, I don't know if Vinny could keep doing the job. Yeah. Whereas, and John Henry quits the job. You, yep. As he says, you can't be halfway in, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you can't do the job a little, you can have a life or you can do the job and that's it. And they would ne like, they would have been able to tell that story with Vinny if the show ran five, six years. Mm -hmm. You know, but it would have had to been the last story. So getting a character to pop up so it can be his last story so they can take it as dark as they have to. Well, I mean, it, it ended up being a brilliant thing that helped the show. Like, who would have imagined that Vinny's career ending injury, because, you know, it's one of the things that made him quit, quit acting, made the arc that much more powerful. Who could have seen that coming? No, nobody. Yeah, it it was um, it was uh, yeah. 
I'm sure that that's what got uh, Joan Chen her job on Twin Peaks. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. She's you know, so good in, she's so good in that episode. Yeah. Well, you that, know, and, that and, and Is- Isabella Rossellini not not wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And well, <laughs> so, sorry, Isabella. Yeah, no, jo- uh, she was a great uh, Josie Packard. She uh, was she a was great fantastic. Josie. She was she was a great Josie Packard. Mm-hmm. And she was um, what, can, what can I I mean, I was I was just what else was I going to say? The other thing about that episode, like that whole that business, arc. that arc with with and the reason I bring up Joan Chen was that arc, then the whole story of her parents yeah, and her father. And there is oh, and Ooh. I don't know who it is. No, but somebody today, this just this week, and I can't remember who it was. A Chinese dissident was just talking about his parents. He has just written like a, a memoir about it. Yeah, and ta- well, he was talking yeah about how his parents and how they destroyed his father, and he's and they say, well, they, no, 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 they they don't kill them. They just send them someplace where they can have, you know, back to, you know, farming and doing Mm -hmm. nothing. And they don't kill them, they they destroy them. They destroy them from the inside. Yeah. You know, as they say, if you're you're working in a rice field 16 hours a day, you don't have the energy to rebel. You can't teach anybody anything. You can't read a book. You just go home and you collapse. And they work you until you're done. And you're just yeah. a shell of your former self. Yeah. And he was he was just talking about that. Um, and I, I, it harked me back to... Yeah. Well, um, that's the exact story she tells. You're right. That's Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a very similar story. And I just thought, God, these guys had their pulse. Yeah. They had their, their fingers, fingers right, on on the, right on the pulse of all the political crap that oh, they yeah. needed to have their fingers on i it, it is it's an astonishing show when you're looking back on it what's 40 years 30 years but it's like just that they had the guts to do an episode about this woman who fled communist china right yeah uh, fled communist china because of what happened to her parents and her family and she gets to america and finds out that america's no better like, that's what that's a story about. Like, you're supposed to be better, and then we're getting treated as badly or worse than we were in China because we're undocumented workers. Yeah. You know, like, you guys need us to prop up your entire industry, and we're getting treated worse here than most people are in China. So explain to me how this is civilized and how America is worth it. And also, you can put a Made in America label on your clothes. Yeah. It's brutal. No, no, it's it's brutal. Yeah. Yes. It Suck really the Oak Ridge, Ridge boys. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, never mind. And then I we just, get to that song. Uh, yeah. I know. Never mind. There's there's a number of songs. Uh, it's never mind. I know. You don't I know. want me to go on a tirade about singing. that. I know. Uh, but then we get, of course, which we've already talked extensively about, the best one-off episodes, the best filler episodes the show ever does, which is White Noise and Stairway to Heaven. Like, just two fantastic episodes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when when they screw around with their filler episodes... They can do it right. Like, they have the ability to do it right. It's but not I, easy. Well, and they do it wrong a lot, but... 
when yeah. they do it right, it's kind of amazing. Yeah, those filler episodes were amazing. Like, we're not going to be able to do a a best of yeah, this. We can you? say, I, I, <laughs> I don't know this season. You can't, you can't do a best episode. You can't do... No. Like, I can yeah. do a sort of a best arc, and I can tell you that... Well, we all know what the best arc is. There's no... There's, no <laughs> there's nothing the mystery about our opinion. Uh, there's no yeah. mystery about our opinions there. It's the music industry. Yeah. it's It shows that they can move the show to a completely new context and still have it work. Like, exactly and, yeah. as well. And be... I mean, it's powerful. To me, you know, the, the Winston Nukway ending, like, that just... As I said, it just... I and, and it still it amazes me. Yeah, yeah. Of any of the I, stuff they did. Yeah, as and and watching him, he he he's it's more believable than Kevin Spacey's Mel Prophet. Yep. It's more believable than Susan's Pro Prophet's Prophet. meltdown. Mm -hmm. It is just an amazing yeah, performance, it's an incredible and performance. It, it yeah. It's Again, just... you, you always go to Ray Sharkey because of how vital, yeah. how vital his relationship with Vinny is to setting up the show. Yeah. But just pure acting talent being brought to bear on a character who's the center, the center target of an arc. Tim Curry's the best villain they ever had. Like yeah. he's not the most important for the character for Vinny's no. development. Or for the show. Or for the show. He's just the best written and best performed villain they ever had. Yep. Because we sure. see so much about him. And it was and such a nice break from after <sighs> I mean, I think that, that <laughs> was what was after, after Stanley Tucci and it and Fred Thompson, yeah. It was a real Yeah, we got Fred Thompson and then Stanley Tucci oh. as the villains. We got oh, Winston Nuke. Nukwe, who is as much a villain, yeah. but oh yeah, you end up feeling so sorry, for, sorry him. for him. Yeah, in the end, this this watching because you slowly watch this man destroying himself. Yep, and it is so hard. Like uh, that scene with him with his arm around Isaac's gravestone. I know. Oh. oh, but I mean, what about the scene where he and Bobby and Vinny are screaming each other and then he answers the phone and Isaac's dead and he just collapses. Yeah, completely. And it's just all of the fight just disappears from him. And all he can do is just start telling stories about Isaac and how much he loved Isaac. Yeah. But as you say, and then him wrapping his arm around the tombstone and not knowing what he's going to do anymore. Yeah, he's lost his wife. He's lost, he's lost his... his best friend. Like, what do I have? And he's losing his business. Like, what is there? And the weird part is, and again, it comes back to a critique of capitalism because it is the endless drive to consume, to consume, to consume, to have more. But at the same time, it's a game of King of the Hill. And he's not going to be on, and like, he has to constantly fight to be the one on top, to be the most ruthless. Because if he stops for a second, someone else is going to sweep in and push him out of the way, which yep. is exactly what ends up happening in the music industry. As, as we noted in Squid Game. Yeah. There's always <laughs> someone coming up behind you to push you out of the way. Yep. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs>
it's so good like no that arc is fantastic bob is fantastic winston is fantastic obviously amber diana and claudia who again we may criticize her the kind of acting she does but as you said over and over again it is perfectly suited to the person she's playing yep it was a perfect piece of casting on the part brilliant casting on their part putting her in that uh role it's i mean what are you supposed to say about the best you know like the best work this show has done this season it's we talked about it at length in the episodes but it's easy to say what our favorite arc is and then we get you know the filler episodes that really uh the filler episode that really doesn't matter call it cassava and i know you can say there's some good stuff in there because it's about like having different i know it is like it's it is. just like oh we just finished the most and then we powerful got arc and then we get this and we and we get the jokes about cassava i know but i mean sabas right well i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i got that from i I got that in quantum leap i know i know i was dr ruth have you you remember remember that episode with dr ruth and trying to get al to say the word breast i know and he can't say it (laughs) and he he can't say it he He can only yeah every other every other euphemism possibly he's uncomfortable with actually just calling a spade a spade because behind his you know bravado and bluster you know he's he's fundamentally an immature person yeah oh but anyway uh what what fascinates me though is you watch the episode and you're like it's a tiny bit of moving the characters forward in relationships and talking about how hard it is to do the job and the how the kind of person who does the job might just not be suited for any kind of a real personal relationship and that stuff Vinny goes through in La Lacrima de Amore and in season three yeah. so it's like do we really need a whole episode to tell us what Vinny is going to go through like it's it's a nice check in with the characters and honestly you know uh lifeguard deserved a focus at some point because he's a great actor and he's a great singer and it's like i get why they wanted to give him a showcase but this like it's just not on the level of the rest of the season and when you look at the other episodes when you look at white noise and when you look at stairway to heaven you can see that you can do stuff that expands and lets us into the characters while still being a really compelling hour of television and this just isn't no it just isn't compelling i don't know what they could have done whether they started off with a different sort of structure i i like i yeah i'm not i don't know how to fix it that's the thing yeah yeah you can i don't think you can fix it because you start with this specific premise and they worked with that and maybe they were already working on like trying to figure out how they were going to get a third season and tell the rest of the don ayuko story and Vinny and the mob story so So, that one out there so they just uh, they had started it they had they probably had you know how they write in their book their, their little breakdown of what it's supposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to be uh, yeah what the and arc of the season is i'm not sure that they understood just how powerful tim curry was going to be no probably not okay because 
the bottom line is that if it had been somebody like I can think of other people they might have put in there, but I can't think of anyone who could have put in that kind of a performance no. and just take it all over in the last two episodes. Yeah. Like he just he just took over the screen. You didn't want to really, you know, it's you can't look away when he's on screen. And then and then to have it, you know, and I don't think that they thought it would be that powerful in some ways, because you see more of Isaac. Yeah. You would have thought, right, that, um, you know, Paul Winfield, face? Paul Winfield, right? Yeah. Um, would have ended up dominating that. Dominating. And he sort of I mean, he can dominate the scenes he's in, but the whole arc is dominated by Winston just yeah because of the acting job he does with the character yeah it's, and, it's an incredible performance and so you end up right i don't think they expected that i think the book says okay we're going to send them on this fishing trip and these things are going to happen yeah. and then they had to write it but the problem was that they you feel the absence it. you feel the absence of winston so strongly because they're still after the thing that yeah. it's like it's hanging over the rest of this episode yeah so you say the, they should have started like i think what i was going to say is they should have sort of scotched that premise and yeah. still given lifeguard an episode i'm yeah. not saying that it doesn't doesn't you can still give lifeguard the focus of an episode but it had to come from a different place like it doesn't fit anymore no like not like after no not after the energy coming out of that last episode no you can, you can't <coughs> you you just didn't give him the story that he needed to make it like white because that's what they did this season they gave yeah. frank his story they gave Vinny and lifeguard as the third they gave lifeguard the story the problem was that when it came as it did after tim curry's performances it fell flat yeah that's all right yeah and and so the weird part is if you would put the the fishing episode before the art this yeah you know we never know because the crazy part is if you um as you said if you don't have access to the music industry arc you need to be able to watch um that episode right you need to be able to watch call it cassava to find out who the hell Amber is. You yeah. Know? <laughs> you yeah. Do. No, no. As I said, what I was going to say out. was the crazy part is if you watch the music industry episode and you skip call it Kasaba, I would guarantee you would not realize you had missed anything. No, there's nothing in there. You would have no idea. Because when his, when his, his, the relationship with his daughter comes up again. In season three. It, it's just, it sort of, it, it doesn't need to be. In season three, right? Yeah. You didn't it's, need an episode before that. You didn't like, need an episode before that. You could have just yeah. put in, you could have just put in a few words and it, him yeah. and his ex-wife talking about how things are going so much worse. And well, yeah, because when they blah, in blah, Sleepwalk, blah, blah, blah. you'll actually meet his ex-wife. In yeah. Sleepwalk in season three, we're going to meet the ex-wife. And you could have set up all of the stuff yeah. with the daughter being married and having trouble, blah, 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 that sets up the, the next episode. Like... Between Sleepwalk and that episode, you don't actually need this. Uh, people do it all the time. Uh, you don't actually need this episode, except for the extent to which this episode predicts the plot of people do, do it all the time. 
Well, you know what, you know what happens, right? What's that? As, as it's what I said when we were doing it last week, it turns out it was fortuitous. I just realized what the problem up. is. I just realized okay. what the problem is. Oh God. How did we not notice this? I was just thinking about, um, uh, there, here's the thing. White noise is about Vinny dealing with the aftermath of uh, the aftermath of Sonny, right? He yeah. finally gets his Daniel off for the Sonny relationship, yeah. right? But at the same time, it's also an episode that, you know, zeroes in on like the dehumanizing stuff that they do to these agents, that there needs to be this facility. And we get the villain turning up in the mm-hmm. form of Daryl, Right. Yeah. Who screws over Vinny and makes Vinny go through this. Right. So at the same time, you're speaking to the themes of abuse of power in that yeah. episode. So then what happens in Stairway to Heaven? It's mostly about Frank's relationship with his wife and his son, but it's also about will Frank abuse his power? So it's yeah. digging in, though both those episodes, while they're telling these intensely personal stories, are digging into the themes of the series, which is what is power? How is it possible to wield power ethically? And here are the dangers that happen if you don't wield power ethically. And the thing is, you look at the, uh, you look at, call it Kasaba, there's not that extra level to it. Yeah, there's nothing. There's it's just, it's just yeah. about, um, can you be a good father and a good romantic partner if you're doing the job? Well, we already had an episode about that with Frank this year. Like, what do you, that's what Stairway to Heaven was about. But it was yeah. also like, can he be a good husband and a father if he's doing this job? And the answer seems to be no. But it was also on another level about power and corruption and how to try to be a good man in these impossible situations. Whereas this is just, and that's why it feels so frustrating. Call it Kasaba is about the exact same thing that uh the that stairway to heaven is about but without the extra layer of drama of cancer and corruption yeah so yeah that's why it's just not satisfying because it's not just that it doesn't have the extra drama because it's a calm it's it's a song we already heard play earlier this year how did we not notice that before <laughs> well because there are always other things we're noticing <laughs> that's true we are it's not like we're not talking about these things a lot yeah, and this, and but the thing is, I mean, that's the whole point of watching this in some ways yeah. that we're the and watching that way. we're doing. Yeah, that Giving that it is close reading. Yeah, yeah, and then all of a sudden you're just going, "Oh, jeez." Ah, okay, I Be- get what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating though. Like it really is. God, yep. what a good season of television. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it is. It is a fantastic season of television because we are right now committing to the idea that like, because even La Lacrima de Amore part one, which is just about his and Amber's relationship. Yeah. Which, by the way, at the end, turns out to have also been about, you know, sexism as well. And people thinking they can manipulate a woman just because she's a woman doing business. Yep. A little bite of that right at the end. Well, and that's the thing. Um, It's still deeper about the characters and deeper about the ideas of what it is, because, again, like, think about what Vinny is having to get over uh, with his mother's idea of what a wife should be. But the irony is because, like, of the life he's living and who he is, he could never be satisfied 
with a woman who just kept house. Like, that's not what he wants in a partner. You look at, like, there are only, like, three romantic relationships Vinny has in the entire show. And one of them is uh, Susan. And again, attracted to her because of danger and because, essentially, she instructs him to be attracted to her. <laughs> he likes it when women tell him what to do. <laughs> and again, Amber and Angela. And they abandoned, and I swear that they abandoned the Angela romance storyline when he got injured. And that's why that episode uh, ends so abruptly. But by ending that so abruptly and creating Amber as this other love interest form, it really cements the idea that he does need a woman to, who can be in charge, who can tell him what to do. Like, he really does need that. He's not going to be the head of a household. He just isn't. <laughs> He's he's not like he needs any more than his father was any more than his father was. And that's what his mother doesn't really get because she sees herself as, you know, just the good wife and just the good homemaker. And I'm like, you're in charge of everything, lady. Yeah, come on, suck it up and admit it. Yeah. And but the difference is that's not the kind of wife that Vinny wants. It is a woman who's in charge, but it's not going to be a woman who just stays home and raises the kids. He would want a woman who like had a career and was forceful and stood up for herself in very outre ways. Because let's face it, everything Carlotta does is passive aggressive. Everything Carlotta does is clever oh manipulation. Oh, yeah. And Vinny nev- like, misses it a lot of the time. <laughs> he really does. Like, he misses what his mother is up to a lot of the time. Yep. I mean, he gets it sometimes. He misses it a lot of the time. <laughs> oh they're wonderful characters and it's so wonderfully written and that's why even la lacrima de amor after i did this whole thing in about um call it cassava right uh about how it doesn't really get us anywhere and the answer is because there's nothing that happens in call of cassava uh call it cassava with him and amber's relationship that doesn't also happen in lacrima de la lacrima de amore yeah like, that's the thing. You can cut this episode, and I swear to God, you would never notice it was missing. Which is the same thing for Last Rites for Lucci in season uh, in season one. Like, I love that they gave Pete an episode that focused on him, but did you need that episode? Or if, if they cut it, would you even notice it was gone? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Uh, it's It's fascinating to me how, like, it's such a strong season, and there's one just dud. Yeah. Because, like, look at, I mean, we didn't talk about Area for Don Ayupo, but that is just a really power, A, a really good love story, but B, it sets up a ton. Mm -hmm. Because everything he looks at with what's going on with Don Ayupo, he's looking at his own future. And, like, how are people going to look, not just in the mob, but, like... He's always imagined, as he says to Frank, you know, I don't expect this to be the rest of my life. I want to have a kid. You know, I want to have kids someday and go and just uh, be a relaxing neighborhood, uh, relaxed neighborhood guy. Right. Raising my kids and playing catch and all that. And I don't think of the job as my life. And in looking at Rudy Ayupo, not only does he see the possible future in the mob, because that's what, you know. Rudy had said to him, but he also said, he also looks, well, how is, how is my neighborhood going to treat me the rest of my life? Because Rudy's in his sixties, right? And all of these people are still shunning him. 
He's been retired for 15 years or 10 years or 15 years or whatever. And all of his family still shuns him. You know, and we find out why uh, we, we get a good reason for why he retired, uh, you know, in the next couple of episodes. They don't say it outright, but if you look at the timeline for the various characters, it makes perfect sense why he retired uh, 15 years ago. But we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But it's like that episode. It's just as much about Z Vinny seeing that, like, maybe there is no way out of being thought of as a hood. But then when he sees that his mother can, you know, accept him for who he is, he sees that there's hope for himself finding a good woman, despite the fact that everybody thinks he's a mobster. So, yeah, like, it's still an important episode for the characters, even though it doesn't move the plot forward in obvious ways, and even it's not about corruption the same way. So, yeah, really, yeah, Area for Donna Upo still manages to be a great episode, even if it's not clearly involved in the other stuff the way um uh the way white noise and stairway to heaven are well yes but it sets up vinny's life <laughs> exactly like in a way that call it cassava just doesn't no it just doesn't yeah and it's like again at the same time i feel sorry for jim burns that's who plays uh lifeguard yeah. i haven't been using his real name uh because uh, i feel sorry for jim burns because there was just no room I mean, and I can't say there was no room for any uh, lifeguard-themed episode, but like with White Noise and Stairway to Heaven, they had to figure out a better way to do a lifeguard episode. Yes, and I that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You just had to... And there there are better ways, but oh, never totally. mind. Let's just... They, did, uh, they didn't find it. Let's move on. Slightly worse than the se first season, but so slightly worse that it's not even worth mentioning. It has, like, they are more confident this season. They are more willing to take interesting chances this season. They are going all out in a lot of the episodes. We get one of our best villains of all time. We got, uh, we got, as you say, the bleakest ending we'll ever get for the entire show. At the end of the mob arc, we get the emotion, most emotionally devastating ending we're ever going to get with the end of the garment trade. You know? Oh, oh, God, with that last scene between him and Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so agonizing, you know? It is. By, by the way, the one the one heartwarming thing is the idea that uh, is the idea that that Jerry Lewis believes like Eli thinks that uh, John Henry murdered stanley tucci for him yeah he does he gets to spend the rest of his life thinking that he got his revenge on stanley tucci because <laughs> his last real interaction was it's like i didn't really mean it when i said i'd give you fifty thousand dollars to kill him is their last interaction uh is the last interaction before that and then he does go and kill stanley tucci so anyway he does kill him anyway <laughs> oh it's it's a beautiful arc like it really mm -hmm. is it's a beautiful story i loved it it's a beautiful story and it's some of the best work the show ever does so yeah just one great arc after another this year yeah and the difference is it's like they're digging in to what the real problem here is and as i said in that first season episode it's the sunny steel grave was right it's all about taxes man taxes 
<laughs> it's all about the rich people <laughs> who don't want to pay their fair share. <laughs> and as he says, uh, my legitimate organizations pay more taxes than most of the Fortune 500 companies in America. And the crazy part is, that's completely true. And it's only got worse since Sonny Steelgrave said that. Well, everything that they were talking about in Wise Guy has only gotten worse. Yeah. Like, why Except for treatment of women, maybe. That's true. No, treatment of women has gotten marginally better. Yeah. I think that is fair to say. But everything else they addressed on this show, it's only gotten worse. Because people weren't listening to Wise Guy. <laughs> well, no, they were watching a cop show. They weren't <laughs> exactly. watching a political treatise. No. At least they didn't know they were. <laughs> no. Well, as it turned out. Yeah. As most... again, that is that is our most fascinating takeaway. Just yeah. how political this show was in retrospect. Yeah. Like, we never thought of it as an incredibly political show, but it really, really was. And, and just how it was, how much foresight it had into if America stays the way it is, where it's going to go. Yep. Yeah. And let me tell you, America we, didn't we change done, course. Didn't change course. And it's just gotten where you could, where you would have expected it to go. Given yes. what you've just been given watching. what you just watched. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Okay, so that was season two of Wise Guy. Thank you so much for joining us for it. We're going to be back here next week for the first episode of, appropriately enough, Vincenzo. Sorry, first and second episode. You can watch that on Netflix. It is, in case you missed last week, a show about a half-Italian, half-Korean mob boss who, when things go south for him in the most dramatic way possible in italy decides to go back to his uh mother's home country of korea and uh gets into some amazing adventures when he gets there to say the least to say the least and uh we were talking about the the miraculous stuff they do in um managing big tonal shifts uh -huh. in korean drama and you were gonna see a lot of that in vincenzo yeah, I mean, it just is... Big swings, it, big shifts. It's fantastic. Yep. And uh, I'm going to encourage you all to check it out next Wednesday when we publish our new episode of Style Section. And then, after that, it's going to be going up every Tuesday alongside Season 3 of Wise Guys. So your homework for next week, Vincenzo Episode 1 and 2, available on Netflix right now. And the week after that, your homework is... Episode 301 and 302, which is, I believe, uh, Seat at the Table or what are, what are the other? I'm just going to check. Battle of the Barge is the second one. What's the first yeah. one called? Heir to the Throne? No, Heir to the Throne's the last one. The titles don't really help you in this arc. Uh, Rightful Place. Yeah. So Rightful Place, Seat at the Table. You can see why I said that. <laughs> Uh, so we're looking for episode 301, Rightful Place, and 302, Battle of the Barge. Those are the episodes we're going to be watching in two weeks. So uh, check that out. Uh, for now, though, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you think we should check out, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We are going to, oh, if you're listening to some uh, this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find out about the show. We're going to see you back here for more. But until then, we're going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. 
Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.